Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Stay Focused. My name is Pastor Jay Morgan. I'm the director of Appalachia Prayer Center Ministries and the West Virginia Prayer Alliance, and I'm your host this evening. I just wanted to say I'm really excited to be joining you uh, this evening. It's been a while. It's been uh, almost six months since I've done an episode of Stay Focused. Um, a lot's happened this year, right? How many will, can agree that a lot, man, wow, what a year we, we've had and honestly I want to talk about that a little bit on the front end uh, but at the end I want to get I uh, give just what I believe is a strategic word uh, from the Lord from the Lord uh, for us as we're moving forward uh, trying to discern our way uh, through this year and, and and make sense of what's, what's going on um, I want to spend just a minute though recapping what what's happened this year um, if you've lived it you probably don't want to listen to this uh, but perhaps you're watching in the future or listening in the future or maybe just need a reminder of what's been going on, but uh, 2020, wow, a, a wild and, and, and crazy year. Uh, I think uh, most of the craziness started um, in uh, February, but definitely in March, as our nation went into a nationwide quarantine uh, for several weeks. Uh, much of our nation is not back to normal, not functioning normal. A lot of it's still shut down. A lot of businesses shut down. Uh, uh, eight months later, still going through this. Uh, uh, this has happened due to a global pandemic, a novel coronavirus uh, uh, that created a disease called COVID-19. At the beginning, there was just so much unknowns around it. A lot of drastic measures were taken. Uh, we, we have had a lot of people around the world in this nation be sick. I know several people who, who have gotten sick from this. Um, uh, all the ones that I know personally have lived, but that's not been the case for everyone. Uh, and I realize that, not making light of that at all. The several people have have, have died. It seems um, as you know, months later into this, it does seem as if if you're in relatively good health, your chances of surviving is is you know over 99 percent. It, it seems that that's that's what it is. People who are uh, sick or have a um, challenging some challenging health conditions. Uh, this wreaks even more havoc on them. And then some, some people, it's just odd. It just affects them harder than, than others. So it's just a whole mix around this uh, coronavirus disease. Uh, and that has created, uh, due to the quarantine, just created a lot of isolation, shutdowns. Um, this has caused uh, mental health issues to, to skyrocket. I know personally uh, suicides have have jumped, uh, domestic violence has jumped, child abuse has uh, jumped, uh, drug and alcohol abuse has jumped, um, divorce rates have jumped, uh, largely just due to, again, isolation, uncertainties, unknown, uh, a lot of economic factors um, due to a lot of business being shut down. I mean, we've had a record number of unemployment claims. It seems like that a lot of our nation is climbing back out of that, but people are approaching life cautiously because, again, they still don't know, or many people are protecting themselves or people that they love because they do have some other health conditions going on. And so it, it's just a mix of things that most of us, at least in, in the U.S., we've not really had to walk through these kinds of things. And then, then um, on top of that, you know, uh, we begin to see a lot of civil unrest at the end of May, a lot of just social um, issues, uh, some social injustices happening. Uh, but then you see a lot of protests happening. Uh, you, you know, you take this this uh, climate of people being quarantined and contained 
and then just there's been a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, even anger, a lot of people calling for right positive change, a lot of people taking drastic measures, some people protesting, some people, um, there's been rioting, looting, uh, sections of cities burned. I mean, um, there's a lot of um, uh, challenges to the authority, even some people calling for defunding or stripping down of police forces. And, and again, uh, right, you know, the purpose of this is not to take a, a stand on any issue right now or even to voice my opinion other than just to describe a lot of the things that's going on in our nation. Um, it seems like civility is gone from a lot of people. All of these fa factors are really pulling and stretching the fabric of our nation. Uh, and then tomorrow, uh, November 3rd, is an election. It's a presidential election. And so all the issues that I just described have been politicized on top of everything else. And so you have passionate, angry, frustrated people on both sides. Uh, well, you, most people say it's going to be a close election, at least in a lot of states it'll be close. And so all of this compounds uh, just a lot of pressure in our nation uh, and even around the world. Uh, you have people uh, just an extreme distrust of authority, people with distrust of media. Uh, there seems to be manipulation of some kinds, even by uh, uh, the, what they, they call the big tech giants and social media, um, manipulation of what people see or don't see. And so there, my point is there's a lot of mistrust going on, mistrust of authority, mistrust of public health officials, mistrust of government. People uh, have opinions on everything. I think... Uh, you know, on everything and dividing opinions and passionate opinions. And so this is the kind of the pressure cooker we find ourselves in. And, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was, I was uh, talking to the Lord and, and um, I feel like he'd been giving me some strategic words. That's kind of uh, one of the ways the Lord speaks to me is in terms of blueprints and strategy. And, and there are people connected to what we do um, at various levels. We're with West Virginia Prayer Alliance and Appalachian Prayer Center Ministries from you know, Alabama to New York. And, and so one of the things I do is um, sometimes give strategies and, and just give people some general direction on how we should move. And, and so I feel like the Lord's been giving me a lot of that, but I was frustrated because I know that the timing isn't right. I mean, even people who are getting out and about right now are doing that reluctantly, and there's still a high number of people who aren't extremely comfortable with, with a lot of social situations. Again, protecting themselves or people they love um, from, from getting sick. So I was frustrated and and I was just kind of venting to the Lord about, you know, why this isn't over. Because honestly, and maybe I was naive and I don't think I'm the only one, but at the beginning of this, you know, you're kind of gearing yourself up for whatever. You're kind of, you know, just and, 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 and I think somewhere in the back of our minds, maybe in a couple, three months, that the majority of this will be behind us. But here it is, not six or eight weeks later, but six, it's, it's eight months. Eight months later, we're still dealing with this. And then a lot of other issues. And I feel like the Lord just told me, Jay, you need to kind of settle in because there's still some stuff to endure. And I will be honest with you, when he told me that, it was, it was depressing. It, it depressed me. Honestly, I wasn't hopeless because I feel like he told me that this season of testing would would end. Like, I, I don't think it's the, the final one. I don't think it's the big one. The Because he told me that all the way back in March. And, and he did other people as well, um, other voices in the church. But he clearly spoke to me and said that the season you're entering into, uh, this unknown season, 
It's a season of testing, and he told me I needed to learn uh, through it. I've been trying to learn through it. And, and, um, and so he said, but there's more to endure. Now, now here's the thing. There have been some bright spots. I want to list a couple of those bright spots. I mean, here in the state of West Virginia, I mean, we saw six weeks of revival in multiple cities. We, we had uh, circuit rider preachers going out, uh, making stops at, at towns. We saw over 500 people baptized in cattle troughs in the back of pickup trucks and church parking lots and uh, under picnic shelters. Uh, uh, many of our gatherings were 50 or, or under people, but many, many people made new commitments or recommitments to the Lord. Wow, and then in sep September 26th, we gathered people at our state capital. Hundreds came to our state capital. We worshiped and prayed uh, for our state and nation for, for four hours. And at the end of that, we gave a call and said, if you want the Lord to use you to go into the mission field uh, and, and just be used, not necessarily overseas missions, but get to the harvest field. And we saw, um, you know, at least 200 people come forward and respond to that as we prayed over people. And then a couple weeks later, we, we had a, uh, we released um, people to go in, into a hundred uh, West Virginia towns and just be on the streets, uh, witnessing to people, praying with people, sharing the love of God uh, uh, with people, uh, praying for healing. Uh, when all was said and done, uh, we were in over 70 towns. A lot of our teams got shut down. Some were sick. Uh, some were in quarantine. But nevertheless, it was just a big win that weekend. And the gospel was preached. We had some revival services that weekend as well. Saw over 100 people baptized that weekend. So there's been some bright spots, don't get me wrong. But there's been a lot to endure. And when the Lord spoke that word to me, endure, I, I wasn't happy with it. I'm, you know, I'm ready for this to be behind me. And he said, there's still some, some things to endure. And so I, I went to Scripture, and I'm gonna, I want to take you through a couple of Scripture. And maybe you're tempted just to click off this video right now, because you're like, you know, I'm not really interested in learning about enduring, okay? I just, listen. God values endurance. As when I went to Scripture, I realized that God. I, I, and so the first one I want to go to, and I'm just going to mention a couple more, but I want to read out of James one, um, James one and two it says, "Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds." And can you agree with me? Where we have met trials of various kinds. It's not been one type of trial. It's been many different types of trials piled in together. But he says, count it all joy. And I read that. And notice, remember, I said I was kind of in a depressed state when the Lord spoke this to me. Not a hopeful state, but a depressed state because I'm ready for it to be over. And uh, he says, count it all joy. And I said, you know, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me with that. I, I don't know how to count it all joy when I'm in trials of various kinds. I don't know how to. I'm just being honest. And, and, and maybe you found how to count it all joy. And that's great. I'm learning. I said, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me with that. Give me the power and the ability to count it all joy. But he says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. I'm reading on the ESV. That word steadfastness is often translated perseverance or patience. And I looked it up, and it means endurance. And it's sometimes translated endurance. And it also means something else I'm going to come back to here in just a minute. It says that you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or perseverance. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect or mature and complete lacking in nothing and so the word tells me to count it all joy when i'm in uh, uh, trials of various kinds because it's going to produce endurance in me and by the way god highly values endurance uh, uh, you know first peter 1 and 7 says that the proof of your faith 
is more precious than gold. And endurance, perseverance, the testing of your faith, the trying of your faith, that's, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's showing the proof, proof of your faith. God highly values this. Romans 5 and 3, rejoice in tribulations. And it says that these tests work steadfastness. Again, it's that word, steadfastness, endurance. Rejoice in the tribulations because they produce endurance. Uh, James 5 and 11, we call them blessed who endure. Hebrews 10, 36 says, we have need of patience. Now, I, I begin to look at this word endure, and, 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 it, and it means to stay steadfast, or the word steadfast means to endure, interchangeable, but it also means to stay. This is the big word. It's your staying power. It's your ability to stay focused, to stay focused on what God has said. It's your staying power. When the Lord says run, uh, then you run with the race, race set before you. When the Lord says pause, then you pause, and then you stay in that season until the Lord is calls you forward. So this is this ability to, to stay put. So I was, I was thinking about the passage in Hebrews that says that, Without faith, it's impossible to please God because those who come to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Notice this. This is carrying the same kind of weight as perseverance, just diligently seeking the Lord. The Lord values this in us because when we diligently seek, when we stay put, when we stay focused, that is the proof of our faith. We know he spoke. We know we can trust Him. We know He has us. And so we're going to stay in a posture of just staying with staying power, staying put until the Lord says move. And again, um, another passage like Ephesians 6, it, it was what comes to my mind when and the Lord is speaking to me through this, is that when you've done all to do to stand, just stand. See, this is that endurance. It's this staying power. It's the ability to not quit. I want you to think about that. It's the ability to not quit on what the Lord has told you to do. Uh, the Lord took me to another passage. I'm just going to read real quick. Romans 12 and 7 says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. Why do we have to endure things? It's discipline. It's training. It's shaping our character. It's testing our faith. It's showing the proof of our faith. It's showing the foundation of our faith. And the Bible says you should rejoice because this endurance is a valuable thing to have. And so you so here comes tests. Okay, I'm going to be happy because it's going to produce this staying power, this endurance of me. Not a popular concept in our culture, our culture that caters to comfort, even our church culture that caters to comfort and positive affirmation, constant positive affirmation. And should we be encouraging the people? Sure, sure, absolutely. I'm trying to encourage you right now to say that this testing that you're in is not for nothing. It's producing discipline in you. And the word discipline actually means training. It's producing a training in you. The Lord highly values this. The Lord values people who have extreme confidence in him. I'm reminded of what Jesus uh, told his, his first disciples. He said, blessed are you who see and you, and you believe. But what about those who don't see and they still believe? My paraphrase. But see, that's that staying power. Even when you're not seeing the results. Even when you're not seeing it right now. 
uh, you know, Abraham, it's been 25 years, you're 100, your wife's 90. God gave you a promise. You should give up on that. But it's that staying power. It's Joseph. God gave you a dream. 13 years. You've been slave, uh, sold as a slave. You've been, you've been sold uh, from, a, uh, from a slave. You ended up in prison. From prison, you know, you've been forgotten about. But it's that staying power. It's David. You know, 13 years Joseph in, endured. And he didn't know, you know, that one fateful day, he didn't know it when he woke up a prisoner. He didn't know that that was the day he was going to bed a prince. He, he, he didn't know that. How could he have known that, you know? Or David, he was anointed as king by Samuel. The first off, you remember, his dad didn't even want to bring him out. And then God anointed him. And then it just says that David went back to his sheep. Fifteen years of testing up and down, running for his life for many of those years. But there was this faithfulness to God and what God had said. And I want to say to you, folks, that when God has given us promise, and God has given us promise, God has given us promise of great harvest, God has given us the promise of Jesus' return, and when God's word is being challenged in your life, um, and you have to endure some things, it's producing a discipline in you that God highly values. And so he says, count it all joy when you go through trials of various kinds, because this testing of your faith uh, works endurance, and when endurance is formed in you, You'll be mature. Why does God value it? Because it matures you. Again, in, in a society, a world, even a Christian world that that doesn't really see the value of any kind of discomfort. I mean, and I don't love discomfort. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm just going to go sign up for it. But Scripture tells me that when it comes, when I'm challenged, when I, when when I, um, it's not always going to be comfortable. And it's not because God is mean and hates me. But but He's He's maturing me. He's maturing me into the character of Jesus. And, and so when you keep reading in, in uh, Hebrews 12, it says that God is treating you as his sons when he disciplines you. This is why you have to endure some stuff, because he's disciplining. And again, the word discipline isn't just punish, it's not punishment, it's training. That's what that word discipline means, training. It comes from the word deser, which means to train or to learn. It says, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? And if you are left without discipline in which you have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. So if you are a son, a daughter of God. So a lot of people say, I'm a son of God, I'm a child of God, he's not going to let hard things go to me. No, 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 quite the opposite. The Bible says if you are a child of God, he'll allow you to go through discipline. Uh, you're going to have to endure some things. That means not everything's going to be pleasant. Hebrews 12 and 7 says you're going to have to endure some things. And that's for your training. Notice this. And I'm winding up, and I want to give you this word that I think that I want to share with you that I really believe is going to help us as we move, move forward. Um, for in the moment, verse 11, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so it says that there is a... a, a um, um, a harvest of righteousness, a peaceful promise, if we're trained by the discipline, which means I can go through training, I can go through disciplines, I can go through things I have to endure and not learn from it and not be trained by it, which means I, I, I'm failing the test. And I don't want to fail this test. How many is with me? We don't want to fail this test. We want to learn whatever God is teaching us through it. And so it's important that we not just get through it, but that we actually learn from it because then and only then by the learning is the harvest 
It's, it's like, if you faint not, you'll reap, right? So I begin to think about this. In these times of challenge and waiting, when you can't be as active as you want to be, when you can't be as involved as you want to be, in these ch times of challenge and waiting, I find that people make two mistakes. I have to struggle against making two mistakes. One is, again, when the Lord is saying wait, and, and I believe that a lot of this year is the Lord saying wait. And when the Lord says wait, it's not just do nothing, but waiting involves watching and praying. That means you be, should be spiritually attentive. Okay. But often, so when the Lord has you in a waiting pattern, we want to run ahead. We, want, we just want to go get into something. We want to go to do something. And then we misstep. We run ahead of God. We create troubles that we, we shouldn't have. Often we do great damage to ourselves and others when we're running ahead of God. And we refuse to stay in sync with Him. But the, the second thing, and, I, and I'm afraid that this is happening more often than not, is that when God has us in these seasons of waiting, and what does he want us to do while we're waiting? To watch, to pray, to be spiritually attentive, to learn, to listen to him, to learn to hear the, the subtle nuances of his voice, to come into the secret place, to store up more oil in our hearts. And this is what he wants us to do. But often we get bored, and so we just fill our times, fill our time with other things, things of the world. We distract ourselves. Rather than pulling to the secret place and being trained in these times of endurance, we distract ourselves. We numb ourselves. Um, we, we distract ourselves with entertainment. And listen, I'm, I'm not against watching a decent movie or doing something with your family. I'm, I'm not against that. And I'm not just saying that if you're not 24 hours a day, every waking moment, if you're not reading your Bible and praying, then you've wasted this moment. No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that God wants us to learn during these times. He wants us... I was, I was sharing this, at, well, actually, I wasn't sharing this. Um, uh, an intercessor sent me a, a message the other day and said, uh, and I see that you're treading lightly right now. And, and that made perfect sense to me because this is around the time that the Lord told me there's some more waiting, some enduring. And so when you're in these seasons of waiting, it's important to tread lightly. And, and I saw this imagery, um, and I, as I began thinking to pray about it, like treading lightly through the woods. And, and, and it's, it's, it's like when you're, when you're uh, I'm, I'm not a big hunter myself, but I know when you're hunting, it's really important that every move is, is thought out. You don't want to make sudden moves. You don't want to be loud. You don't want to draw attention to yourself. Again, this is a season of being vigilant, to watch, pray, be spiritually alert. All of your spiritual senses, to look spiritually, to watch, have your ears open spiritually, to listen to the Lord. This is the season we're in, not to make hasty moves. So when the Lord is wanting you, telling you to wait, it's not now just go distract yourself with things of the world. Go distract yourself with the entertainment. Distract yourself with something else. No, the Lord is saying, watch and pray. When you hear wait, when you hear the Lord saying wait, you hear Jesus saying, now be vigilant, watch and pray. See, we're waiting for his return, but he warned us against dispelling ourselves with things of the world. Watch and pray. Be spiritually vigilant. Be spiritually alert. Don't run ahead of the Lord, but don't get distracted. Don't get spiritually lazy and complacent during this time. So that's one of the things I'm learning from that. And then um, someone else um, last week was asking me about the season we're in, what I thought. And I was typing them, just you know, I was just kind of typing out this, this you know, these thoughts on endurance. And, and all of a sudden, and, and this is the word, this is the big word. I mean, I've been going, uh, what, like 23 minutes now. But this final last couple of minutes is real key, real pivotal. If you've been tuning me out, 
Come back, okay? Come back. Focus on this. The Lord says to me, as I was typing this season of endurance, I feel like the Lord's saying there's still some more things to endure. I got this imagery of Valley Forge. Now, again, that didn't make me happy. I was going to say that didn't make me happy. Um, when you usually think of Valley Forge or know anything about it, it's during the Revolutionary War. And just a little side note, the Lord has never spoke to me through Revolutionary War imagery before, but this year, multiple times he has. And it's proven to be pretty accurate with what was going on at that time. It was uncanny, actually. And, and, um, but this Valley Forge um, word, it, it just came to me so vivid. And again, that was kind of depressing, if I can be honest, because Valley Forge was a time of extreme endurance. It was a time of challenge to the Revolutionary War troops. Uh, uh, they had to withdraw from a battle, and, and they settled in for the winter, and it was a grueling winter. Valley Forge is known as a time of disease. It's a, known as a time of, of limited rations, the time when men were freezing to death, hypothermia, and deserting, running, leaving. And I'm like, Lord, are you saying that Valley Forge is still ahead of us? And, and I think what the Lord spoke to me uh, was this. This whole year has been a Valley Forge experience, and it's not over yet. There's still some things. We've endured a lot. We've gone through a lot. We've seen this imagery happen. There's a lot of people who has fell away from the faith, and they don't realize they fell away. There's a lot of people who's deserted. They don't realize they deserted. They have just, this season and time, have just sucked them into the things of this world, the cares of this world. Uh, they are as vile as the world. They're as divisive as the world. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have an opinion. I have opinions about a lot of things going on right now. But I have to keep my heart clear. I have to not be sucked into the things of the world. I can't be, be lured by the entertainment of the world. I can't function like the world. I must routinely and regularly um, go into the secret place to go into prayer with my brothers and sisters, even if it's on a Zoom call. I got to reach out. I got to talk because I want to learn through this season. I want I, I want this to be a a a, a season that I'm trained by, not something I get through and fail at the end, and it's kind of like it's not producing that harvest. Um, you know, like that first nation of Israel. I mean, they could have had the promised land, but they went through it with the wilderness with anger and grumbling and griping. They, they failed the test over and over, and it cost them. I don't want to be that. I know you don't want to be that way. So, I don't want to be those in Valley Forge who are deserting and leaving, falling away, falling asleep spiritually. And so and I, I think we've seen a lot of that happening. So I, I did some quick research on Valley Forge because I'm just like, man, there's got to be more than just this is a time of falling away. This is a time of destitution and disease and desertion. And, 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 and I didn't read, I'm not reading too much into the imagery of Valley Forge. Now, some of you are going to listen to this and you're going to do tons of research on it, and, that, and that's cool. But I read one article, began reading one article, just kind of, kind of me, gave me some of the background on it, and just a couple paragraphs in, it's, it, it mentioned something, and I said, boom, I know that this is what the Lord is speaking to me by saying Valley Forge. This is it. It said that Valley Forge, it was a critical uh, winter for the year. It was the third of eight that they would go through, but it was very critical. And during this time, it said that Washington pulled his, his, his troops. And we do know that it was a tough and challenging time, but it said this was a time, and I get these two words, of reorganization and retraining. 
Okay, I've been about, uh, I guess, 28 minutes or so into this, and I want you to get this. Reorganization and retraining. And so while we can look at this year for all of its challenges, this is a year of reorganization and of retraining. All that can shake will shake. And so here's what I want to tell you. As you're leaving 2020, and there's still some things to, to endure in front of it. I don't know what all that is. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't think it's going to be forever. Uh, I, I, I think a few more weeks or months, possibly. But as you're leaving 2020, understand that you might be leaving with different relationships than you began the year with. And some of that not by your choice. Don't don't fight it. Now, now if there's bitter and, and, and animosity and unresolved conflict, and you need to go have conversations, whatever. But other people just kind of withdrew from your life that, that you just need to let it be. There's a reorganization. Some of that, God is placing them other places, and you just got to be okay with that. And so there's a reorganization happening. Some of the there's people God doesn't necessarily want with you. And so if, if there's been a shaking and there's and you're leaving the year, uh, even with your friend group or your church, not involving the same people as you came into the year with, maybe there's a reorganization the Lord's happening. So, so breathe. Trust the Lord. Learn by this. Let this season test you and train you. If you get nothing else, let this season test you and train you. And maybe there's a reorganization. Some of you are going to get new assignments from the Lord. And it means you're going to have to say goodbye to some things and say hello to some new things. It's going to be tough. Things are going to change. Um, this is also a season of retraining. So reorganization, retraining. There's some things the Lord is saying we have to unlearn and relearn. That's what retraining is. It means there's some spiritual practices and habits of uh, maybe you need to unlearn and relearn. And, and there's nothing like tough times and discipline that cause you to unlearn some bad habits. So allow the Lord to, or ineffective, not all of them are bad, they're just ineffective. And I think really as a church, and, and I'm going to get into this too much because I want to wrap up in the next couple of minutes, but as the church is pressing toward the challenges ahead of us, I think there's three things ahead of us that the church by and large is not prepared for. One is a harvest of souls. And if we don't get prepared for this, folks, if we don't get prepared, if we don't learn how to go share the gospel, if we don't learn how to work with the evangelists, be an evangelist, get into the harvest field, if we don't do that, there are going to be people who could be saved that's not going to hear because we're not, we're not in the game. So there's some new things that we need to learn. Um, so we can be prepared for the harvest that's right in front of us. But then also be prepared for persecution that's coming. These times that... Uh, the, the Spartans used to have this um, this saying. Uh, so I've been told. I don't know if it's true or not. If it's a lie, it's somebody else's lie. Sounds good to me. But the Spartans used to say that that the ones who sweat more in training bleed less in battle. Let me say it again. If you sweat more in training, you'll bleed less in battle. Why? Because in training, it'll be a lot of sweat, a lot of punches, a lot of hard times. But you're learning through it. So when you get in a battle, you bleed a little less because you learn some stuff. Learn some stuff. I want to encourage you to just go back through the year and just think about the things that you've learned, uh, the things about God you've learned, the things about people you've learned. And don't just be pessimistic and negative about all this. There's some good things you've learned. The Lord is retraining re uh, and teaching you so that we can go through persecution even in the future. So the great harvest is in front of us, persecution is in front of us, and the return of Jesus is in front of us. I, I firmly believe that. I mean, I, I can't tell you that I know it's going to be in five years or ten years. I think, I personally think it's sooner than later. And I think we need to start positioning our lives around that, which means some retraining is in order. And a lot of what the Lord is speaking to me 
myself, my person, the, the ministry, the, 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 the ministries I'm attached to uh, and lead and direct in both my local church and the prayer ministries is, is focusing on preparing people for what's to come, preparing leaders, preparing leaders that can thrive during adversity, that can thrive in the harvest field. And that's what we're set, setting to do. Because I believe that this retraining is an important thing that God wants to do in this season that we're not finished with yet. So reorganization, retraining. While we can focus on all the bad, we can focus on on, on the people who've even left us, maybe desertion from the camp. We can think think of it though that God is reorganizing, He's re-strategizing, He's retraining, and we're gonna come out of this thing and we're gonna win the battle because Jesus is Lord. Now listen, as I wrap up, how do you get through times of endurance? The Bible tells us to, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the author and perfecter of our faith. And to get this, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. See, how do we stay focused? How do we stay moving forward? Look at Jesus. The, the writer of Hebrews says that you've not had to shed blood yet. Uh, but Jesus did. And so Jesus, here's that word again, endured. Jesus endured the cross. Why? Because on the other side of the cross was a joy that could only happen by going through the cross. So, I, you know, just this, 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 as I wrap up tonight, this, the whole message I want to say to you is we've been in a time of endurance. Uh, we've been in a time of testing and training. It's not quite over yet. I don't want to be pessimistic, but there's still some in front of us. So just remain pliable in the Lord's hand. Don't fight against it. Say, Lord, what do you want me to learn? Because the trying of my faith produces an endurance, and endurance will mature me. Endurance is a good thing. Endurance, those who endured are, endure are blessed. Those who diligently seek you are rewarded. And so focus on that. Rather than focusing on what you can't do right now, focusing on the frustrations of this year, focus on, I'm preaching to myself, okay? I'm preaching to myself right now as well. Focus on what God, how God is reorganizing, retraining, so on the other side of this, we are more effective. I love you guys. Uh, I hope to do some sessions here again pretty soon. I can't tell you it's going to be weekly or anything like that. There's a handful of things I want to share with you all that the Lord has been speaking to me. And maybe in the next week or two, I'll be able to get some more of that out. If today has helped you, encouraged you in any way, please share it with others. Share it with other people of faith, people who are enduring some things. Uh, share it with uh, the intercessors that you know so that we can continue to pray. Pray for our nation tonight, tonight before you go to bed. Pray for our nation. A lot of people are saying pray for the election. I'm saying in addition to praying for the election, I'm saying pray for the people of this nation as the enemy is seeking to rip and tear and divide. See, the enemy still kills and destroys. So pray for the peace of this nation. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and stay focused.